new theme music. This is called Sterling Silver by Acidus. I found him on Reddit, and he was so kind as to allow podcasters to use all of his music for free. So I'll have a link to his SoundCloud in the show notes. Thank you so much, Acidus, for letting me uh, use this fantastic music in my podcast, the ADR podcast, if you're unfamiliar. Today, I'm going to talk about this week's bad movie review on my film club blog. I write reviews every Tuesday of uh, bad movie, something that's really funny and hilarious to watch with your friends if you're uh, in the mood for something like that. And today, today we've got a big one, a really big one to talk about. It's called Food Fight, and it stars Charlie Sheen, Hilary Duff, Wayne Brady, and Eva Longoria. Now, none of them have done anything cool or relevant or interesting in the past, I don't know, five years. But here they are in this movie called Food Fight. It's an animated movie, and it's about this uh, supermarket where every night when the supermarket closes, it's the products in the supermarket come to life and they have their own little society and their own little world and it's all about how uh you know the mascots of the food products you know have their own lives and they're you know they kind of embody whatever product they uh they endorse so there's a chocolate squirrel played by wayne brady racism and uh they have uh him made of chocolate so the joke throughout the movie is that he uh everyone wants to eat him because he's like tastes like chocolate or something it's so stupid this movie is one of the worst things i've ever seen it took me four like tries to get through the whole thing i finally sat down and watched it and then got 20 minutes in had to turn it off and then uh, another 10 minutes a few hours later turn it off it i couldn't get through this movie alone this is a movie that i wish i had friends along for the ride with to like laugh at and uh you know make jokes about this movie because i was making jokes to myself and then i thought wait Here I am. It's a Saturday afternoon. I'm sitting here making jokes to myself about this really, really bad animated movie. And I was really upset. I had a few existential crises while watching this, uh, you know, trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life and why I write these reviews and why I, you know, even came to Northeastern. It was a it was a sad time. But watch this with friends, and it's going to be hilarious. Believe me, this is one of the worst pieces of crap you'll ever see. The animation, it feels like an N64 cutscene. Like, if you remember back in the 90s, the Nintendo 64 was, you know, one of the cutting-edge consoles. And it was really fun. You know, I wrote about this in my review. I played so much of that console when I was a little kid, and I love, love, love all the games. But I played through them again this summer, and they're animated so badly, they don't hold up. You know, there's the charming retro era, you know, Know, Super Mario Brothers that you know people you know try to emulate and go for that eight bit you know pixelated style. That's a style that you have to like aspire to. And now there's the modern super realistic games, and then there's everything in between from you know artsy minimalist games like Limbo or Journey, and uh, you know big crazy things like Gran Turismo and I don't know whatever FIFA games are out. And then right in the middle somewhere in the deepest, darkest catacombs of video game history is the Nintendo 64 and their crudely animated, really rather disturbing uh, character models and level design. And, you know, they're great games. Super Mario 64 is my favorite video game of all time. God, this is a tangent. But bringing it back to Food Fight, there's this thing called the Uncanny Valley. It's a psychological... Not psychological. It's a idea that if you see something that looks and acts 
almost exactly like a human, like a robot, android, something animated, something artificial that's like so close to real life. But when you watch it, you just oh no that's not a human that's it's like a creepy baby doll in you know train spotting or you know an n64 cutscene that you know they have these dead eyes but they move and look like humans uh the really creepy you know Piers brosnan uh models in golden eye you know you got this movie food fight it's a 90 minute long nintendo 64 cutscene it's animated so badly it like characters move their hands around in random ways that make it look like they're trying to say something and emote with their hands but it doesn't line up with what they're saying so if you remember tony hawk's pro skater like i think it was four when he started be able to talk to people and have you know these uh, conversations but there's a point where you can go up to a character and they would start saying things like telling you about whatever quest or challenge they wanted you to do but they're just moving their hands i know i'm moving my hands right now recording but you can't see it but you know they're moving their hands trying to emote talking with their hands like a normal dude would but it doesn't line up and it feels like they tried to go for that in this movie food fight and it's so bad they didn't work any of this out at all it just doesn't work god i'm having like vietnam flashbacks to watching this movie this is one of those movies that will scar you if you don't handle it correctly and, you know, the Flophouse guys took care of it. That's how I heard about this. You know, it's three guys, uh, Dan Stewart and uh, Elliot, and they just watch these movies and then laugh at them together. And they're okay now. They seem to be fairly unbroken men. Here I am having Vietnam flashbacks to watching Food Fight on my own a few days ago and, you know, why I make this podcast and why I write and why I like movies. But if you watch it with friends, this movie is going to be fantastic. You know, you're going to laugh. You're going to, you know cringe a little bit at the horrible animation and you know god i'm already at six minutes all right well i'm gonna go long today i don't care i need to get everything about this movie off of my chest i don't care so today on the adr podcast we're gonna have a very long diatribe about how horrible of a movie food fight is good luck uh you're in for a long haul so there's points in the movie where the camera will just swoop around doing nothing. If you've ever seen Glee, you know, like the camera just moves around trying to create energy, but it doesn't work. It just feels disjointed and like annoying. There's that one community episode where uh, Abed talks about everything's better when cameras are spinning when they uh, when they parody Glee in their Christmas special a few years ago. But there's points in Food Fight where the camera just moves around and you can tell they tried to do something interesting. They tried to, I don't know, make something, you know, visually stimulating by moving the camera this much but when you cut it back and forth they cut the movie normally like a normal dialogue scene if it was just two stationary cameras but it doesn't work when the cameras are moving there's no like parody or fluidity to the movements when they cut them together to make the dialogue scenes work and they don't work the dialogue is horrendous now every other line I, this should be a drinking game i can make one it's like you watch this movie and every single line is a food pun a scat joke a uh, boring exposition, you know, a trite reference to something really stupid. There's a point where, uh, okay, so Charlie Sheen's character is Dex Dog Detective. He's an anthropomorphic dog who wears a trench coat and a fedora, and he looks like Indiana Jones, but a dog. There's a point where he's sitting in a bar, and this one other woman walks in, and he some, says something along the lines of, of all the milk bars and all the supermarkets in all the world, she walks into my... Yeah, yeah, we get it. You're smart and you've seen Casablanca. Go right ahead, Food Fight Creators. Yeah, go ahead. Reference Casablanca. I don't care. But there's more 
horrible, horrible, horrible puns. All the cleanup on aisle blank puns. Lots of references to uh, expiration dates, checking out. It's so... Oh, God. I couldn't get through more than 20 minutes of this movie at a time alone. I I don't know what this movie is. I don't know why they thought this would be a good idea. I don't know how they thought they could get away with releasing such crudely animated crap in this post-Pixar era. Because, you know, you have these wonderful things like, I don't know, WALL-E and Brave. All the animation in Brave is fantastic. And everything is so good. And then these guys come out and make this movie using the most irrelevant actors now, I read up a little bit on this movie, and, you know, in terms of their irrelevance, like, this movie was made or cut or shot or recorded or something over the past 10 years. This idea has been in the works since 2002. But So I'll give it credit. 2002, that was when this kind of inanimate objects coming to life idea is uh, very rare and uh, new, and no one's ever done the inanimate objects coming to life before, ever. Especially not in 2002. It's not like Toy Story 3 came out until, you know, 2012? Yeah, you know, 2012. That's when the first Toy Story movie came out, obviously. But so they made this movie and they tried to do something, I don't know, clever. Maybe they just didn't care. It's marketed to kids. So maybe they just didn't care and thought if they can get away with whatever brightly colored, stupid things they can, you just throw it on the screen and they'll entertain a kid for 90 minutes while getting, you know, big name actors to, you know, put their names on the poster or trailer or whatever. But, you know, when you look at the poster, None of the characters from the movie are in it. Like Dex Dog Detective, uh, Charlie Sheen's character, or Hilary Duff, his girlfriend. Her character is named Sunshine Goodness. She's a raisin icon or mascot or whatever. None of them are on the poster, but who is on the poster is, I don't know, Charlie Tuna and Miss Butterworth and Mr. Clean. They make cameos in the movie. This movie is one big, huge product placement thing. And, you know, you watch this movie and you... you marvel at all the crappy animation all the horrible horrible jokes and the horrible horrible plot and the horrible horrible everything but then you see in the background like a jpeg of a swiffer like box like a real swiffer box superimposed onto a bunch of boxes in an aisle like they i don't know where they were thinking about that my guess my guess is that this is a money laundering scheme where they had all of this money they had to get rid of so they i don't know decided to pay off brands to put their brands in this movie and then they had to make that money disappear somehow or i i don't know but there's no way in hell that you know they watch this movie and they think oh man this movie's really unrealistic how can we make it a bit more realistic let's throw in um, charlie tuna and mr clean and the people that you know people are going to know when they go into a supermarket they're going to say huh that's the tuna from Food Fight. I should buy that because he's a good icon. Okay, so the plot of this movie, the plot uh, of this movie is there's these brand mascots, icons, or Ikes for short. Remember that, Ikes. They are uh, being phased out slowly because there's a new brand in town, Brand X. And Brand X is apparently... You know, the best new thing out there in the supermarket, all the humans are buying it and uh, they're starting to make all the other brands go uh, be recalled or, I don't know, go broke or whatever. They're, they're recalled. They're not there anymore. If the brand is pulled from the store, that means that the icon or mascot, Ike, remember Ike, is uh, 
taken away. They're gone. And they're all friends. You know, they have these uh, weird relationships between uh, between Ikes. You know, Dex Dog Detective, Anthropomorphic Dog, and Sunshine Goodness, you know, Normal Girl with Cat Ears. They have a relationship. They are boyfriend and girlfriend. And at the end of the movie, they get engaged. It's disturbing watching interspecies, you know, romance. Ugh. Even if this is for a kid's movie, it's really disturbing. But so they have these friendships and they're based on, you know, the fact that their products are in the store and their products are, you know, they have mascots. They're Ikes for the thing, icons. So if a product is pulled, they, uh, the Ike is pulled from their society and they have this vested interest in trying to figure out what's going on with Brand X. And Brand X, they're this... Uh, no one actually knows what they do. They never actually say there's brand X and they start taking over every single product in the store. I guess there's some kind of like, I don't know, Surefine or store brand thing, whatever. But they, you know, come in. I think the initial thing is laundry detergent and there's this addictive poisonous substance for humans. So they still keep buying it. But, you know, the uh, good Ikes, the uh, people that, you know, represent the brands that people actually want to buy or whatever, they try to figure out what's going on. And brand X, as they start, you know recalling more and more products from the store they build an army they actually have an army as the movie goes by and you know they are in these stark red and black uniforms they goose step they have a dictator lady x played by eva longoria with no emotion whatsoever and she just kind of stands there and commands this huge army to do stuff and as the movie goes on, it's disturbing how close it is to a Nazi regime. Like, it's actually Nazis. They actually put Nazis in the movie. It's ridiculous. I took some screenshots for my review that I put in the uh, put in the links for the review. I'll put them in the show notes as well. There's actually a logo that looks like the – oh, God. I wish I knew the name for this, but it's the eagle with the swastika underneath it. They changed the swastika to an X – and put it as their logo. They actually did that, and it's infuriating. And remember, the things are called Ikes. Why they're called? Why they're not called mascots or just icons? I don't know, but they call them Ikes. Really disturbingly close to a Jewish slur, is it not? And there's this one point. I have it written down verbatim in my review. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up live uh, on the ADR podcast. Brian Google's his own review and pulls it up for. Uh Food fights. I'm going to edit all this out. I'm sure I'll edit all this out. Pulling up my blog. Okay. There's a point where she has a speech, and I wrote it down verbatim, but I'm going to read it to you now. There are only two kinds of product icons, desirable like me and undesirable. We must send all the undesirables where they belong, the expiration station. Look around. Do you see an Ike with an inferior product? Turn in the undesirables. Join Brand X for a better way of life. They're Nazis. They're actually Nazis. And I can't believe they thought they could get away with this because it's not like, you know, a smart metaphor like, I don't know, Animal Farm, where well, not for World War II, but in terms of, you know, they thought they could be smart by throwing in all this really overt imagery and really, really overt, you know, references to World War II. It doesn't work. It's cringe-inducing. It's so bad. You have no idea what they thought they were thinking. God, this episode's 15 minutes long. I can't do this. <laughs>